0: Blog Talk Radio Quiet, please. (laughs) Welcome to Rex Sykes Movie Beat, conversations with filmmakers where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat you're going to learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. We will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera. I'll provide you with guests and the information you're going to want to have whether you're a filmmaker or a fan and so now let's move behind the scenes here at movie first i want to thank uh... my guest mr straw Wiseman, for being here today he'll be coming up in just a couple of minutes he's a producer post-production supervisor he's uh... vice president of uh... one company a distribution company president of a production company he's uh... written movies he's done it all he's a veteran in the film business for over thirty years we'll talk more about him in just a moment But first, I want to thank you, my listeners, for tuning in and for the people in the chat room. The chat room is open. If you're listening live, you can go and you can check into the chat room. You can ask questions from the chat room. And uh, if you're listening archived, well, the chat is closed. But uh, you can listen to it archived anytime, 24-7, at Rexsikes.com. That's the official Rexsikes Movie Beat website. That's R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S. That's my name. I am your host. And you can also get these... uh, interviews as podcasts from the iTunes store. There's over 175 hours of professional filmmakers and content providers, TV producers, directors, casting directors, actors, screenwriters, you name it. They're there, and they're there sharing their expertise with you. Uh, What to do, what not to do when it comes to making your projects. We pull back the veil. We reveal the secrets, the insider information, the tips, the advice, the suggestions from these experts who share generously with you so that you can make your project smarter, faster, more efficiently, so you don't have to reinvent the wheel, so you can avoid costly mistakes and get your projects done on time and under budget. That's the goal, and to get your projects made. and That's our hope and our wish for you, and that's why I connect you up with these professionals who are making it happen, because MovieBeat is truly a resource for you, and uh, I'm able to connect you up with these resourceful people who have been doing it for years, and, and they're going to share their wisdom, their expertise, and their advice with you. So. you. What you can do for them and what you can do for me in return, since these are all free, is to retweet about them. You know, put it on Twitter, put it on Facebook, put it on MySpace, use your favorite social media means to uh, announce when this is coming up. Announce Now that it's live, you can call someone, pick up the phone right now and say, hey, guess what, you know, this producer is going to be on the show right now, uh, you got to tune in that kind of thing. You can uh, email. You can use your favorite social media means to reach out to other people who may not be aware of the show or may not be aware that it's on or that it's available 24-7 as podcasts or at the interviews blog at rexsikes.com. Reach out to them. And if you're listening live or archived, you can friend us. You can make us a favorite right there under the listening button. You can you can tr- do those two things. You can leave comments about the show. And that's important. Leave comments because it lists other uh, potential uh, listeners, uh, see what you thought about it, and uh, uh, that's a great help. At the podcast, you uh, go ahead and rate and review the shows. That will be uh, a wonderful thing that you could do to help us out, because it extends the reach of my guests, and it extends the reach of Rex Eich's movie beat. All right, well, having said all that, uh, let me uh, turn my attention to this uh, just very quickly. Um, Filmcollaborative.org is an organization that I have been um, added to as the um, one of the advisors. You know, I'm, I'm a guest advisor or a board of advisors. So uh, check out filmcollaborative.org. They have a newsletter. They have um, uh, different things that they're putting on, and uh, I, I think you're going to like it. We've had Orly Ravid from the Film Collaborative on the show a couple of times. She'll be coming back, so please check into that. Also, I was interviewed recently for... Um, a film that I did years ago called Massacre at Central High. I played Rodney in the movie and I get interviewed, uh, every now and then, now and again. And BigDaddyHorrorReviews.com. Uh, BigDaddyHorrorReviews.com. Uh, did this interview with me. They just posted it, uh, yesterday, I believe. Uh, you'll have to go and search either Rex Sykes or search Massacre at Central High if you'd like to read that interview. It's also on my profile page. They were kind enough to post it over to my Facebook page, which is Rex Sykes. At Facebook. All right. Well, without any further ado, what I'd like to do is I would like to bring on my guest. First, I'm going to tell you just a little bit about him. Mr. Straw Wiseman is a motion picture uh, producer, post-production marketing uh, distribution. He's uh, he's been in post-production, marketing, distribution, and uh, he's a creative filmmaking veteran with over 30 years of hands-on experience. His latest achievements include producing the upcoming feature The Big Valley, which is starring Jessica Lange and Stephen Moyer, and and directing the psychological thriller Trunk, starring Jennifer Day. Now on DVD, he, uh, co-executive producing Without Men, starring Eva uh, Longoria and Christian Slater, which is now in post-production. He's the vice president worldwide production for distributor-producer New Films International. He's going to talk about that, too. I'm going to ask him about that. And uh, he's overseeing a slate of post-production acquisitions and new titles, including Richard Dreyfuss' movie The Life Keepers, uh, Camp Hell starring Bruce Davidson, uh, Chain Letter with Nikki Reed, Dark Moon Rising, Don't Fade Away Away, (laughs) starring Misha Barton and and others, uh, and just a whole host of of films. So uh, let me bring Straw on because you're going to want to hear from this man, and uh, I'm so excited to have you here, Straw. Can you hear me?
1: Good morning, Rex, and uh, good morning to all your listeners around the world.
0: Well, good morning, and uh, I would sure appreciate having you here. There um, there's some great people in the chat room uh, ready to uh, to uh, chat. They may have questions. There's listeners around the world. Uh, I know there's a movie angel from Germany. Uh, some of the people, uh, Jake is here, uh, Oxy Blues, and Kim Garland are some of the names that appear. Uh, other people appear as guests. I don't know who they are, but those are some of the people, and, and listeners can always uh, uh, retweet them or, or follow them. But straw uh you are a busy busy man I mean, and all anyone has to do is, is go to IMDb and and look up uh your name and, and see that you have a vast list of credentials and a great amount of experience in producing and and post production supervision and production management and and in writing and and uh, and directing i mean you, you you do it all um why
1: uh i love it uh-huh. uh, i i it i Seven days a week, 24 hours a day, if it was possible, it would be what I do. Um, it's the most fun I could possibly have. And I guess it does seem like I'm a little bit busy, doesn't it?
0: It does. It does. Yeah, you're, in, you're in Louisiana right now. Or
1: Louisiana. Right. How, how, Luz, how you...
0: Louisiana. Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Uh, Louisiana. And you're, you're down there and you're uh, getting ready to, to film uh, The Big Valley, which was based on a TV show uh, years ago. Yes, um, But you're also going to be traveling tonight.
1: Yeah, next week I'm in Los Angeles uh, finishing the mixes on two movies that uh, I supervised acquisition and delivery on for New Films International. One is a movie called Flying Lessons uh, with Maggie Grace, Hal Holbrook, and Christine Lottie. Uh, and we're, we're mixing next week in, Bur- in, in what I call the Burbank Triangle. Uh, the highest concentration of post-production facilities anywhere on the planet uh, in Burbank, California. And the other movie we're mixing is uh, Saving Grace B. Jones, uh, directed by Connie Stevens, the legendary actress and uh, right. performer, and uh, former Mrs. Eddie Fisher, and on and on. And, um, it's her directing debut, and that's a movie starring Tatum O'Neill. Uh, very dark, very tragic, very poignant, very beautiful, and... uh Got to get them done, and next week is uh, the mixes.
0: Wow, so you're in pre-pro on one in Louisiana and uh, going back to deliver two, uh, mix and deliver two uh, this coming week. Um, well, okay, so uh, with the two, are, are they both about the same stages? or
1: As, as luck would have it, they are both about the st- in the same stages, although they came to the stages by different routes. Uh, one of the things that's possible today in filmmaking that never used to be, used to be everybody shot on 35 or 16, and um, this goes all the way back to, to before a thing called VHS. I've been doing this that long. Uh, and um, you delivered on 35 millimeter or you delivered on 16. With the advent of video, and uh, the changes in technology, delivery critical paths for delivery have changed. So uh, Grace B. Jones shot on 35 and um, is doing a digital intermediate on the picture side. Sound is still going to be sound. Uh, flying Lessons shot on the red. So you've got both ends of the spectrum uh, for technology out there. And yet, at the end of the day, they both become finished movies on 35 mm and digital cinema for theatrical worldwide.
0: Wow. Well, now we have uh, another guest, uh, John Keys, who's been talking about distribution, and, and, and you know, he's he's provided the list on the show of like 30, 31 deliverables that uh, he got that list from me. He probably did. He probably did.
1: Because I I posted. I posted John's movie uh, "Fall Down Dead," and right. I think we And I think we finished that delivery schedule in record time. Uh, John's a talented filmmaker, uh, and and cooperative with the process that delivery requires. Delivery is. It's the one thing that most filmmakers don't look at in pre-pro or as they get into production. Um, and it's the one thing you have to look at because we're not making movies just to entertain ourselves, although Lord knows it happens. Uh, we're making movies to deliver to the marketplace. So you always have to be cognizant of what's likely to happen. And filmmakers often say, oh, the distributor will pay for that. And it's hardly ever the case. Uh, if the distributor is going to advance you money for your finished product, that money is going to be – Charged against uh, your ultimate revenue, so deliverables count.
0: And uh, the list is an impressive list, and I'm, and I'm glad that uh, John has shared your list with us. I mean, because people do need to know uh, what they face when it comes to to uh, getting their movie out, what they need to have in place. Um, now, you are. Uh, you know, a producer, and, and certainly you see the production through from, you know, inception or from the beginning of the idea, or you, you pick up a project that all the way through to the end. And nowadays, producer can, can live much longer with a movie than probably ever before. Uh, with how well, things have changed, correct?
1: Yeah. Um, in, well, in my case in particular, there are creative producers who uh, who start a movie, there's line producers who work it through the production period. Uh, in my case, by virtue of the set of tools I've got, uh, I usually come in more and more in pre-production, write the critical path for how the movie is going to be shot, collaborate with the producer, uh, the other producers, the director, the director of photography, um, and the other departments. And literally, I'm usually the last man standing after all of these other departments have delivered, and I babysit the picture through complete delivery. So it could be some movies Some movies last a year or longer.
0: Right. Well, and, and you know, in, in terms of line producing, you, you also have done production management, and you've written and post-production supervising. How do, you, how do you keep it all straight? I mean, you've got these movies, you know, in postage, you have delivery, you've got your in pre-pro on another one. Uh, you know, there's other things that you're doing. <laughs> do you divide your time? How do you? You do. You
1: do. You you try to do right by all of your pictures, all of the time, and um, you also do the next most important thing, the, the you know the next critical detail first, and then you put everybody else off a little bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I got it. But uh, you know.
1: But but it's. I, I've got. I have multiple. Vendors and creative collaborators in Los Angeles, in New York, and depending on where we're working in other countries, and you delegate um, the work. You pl- what I call platooning it out. Uh-huh. Uh, who's working on this? When is it due? Um, the great vendors um, in the world support the filmmaker, and your sound house. Or your delivery facility, your video finishing team, your color correcting guys, uh, your composers are all team players. Uh, I never get tired of waiting for the end credits, uh, on anything I'm finishing and looking at the list of people who contributed and it blows me away every time. It, it takes a hundred, two hundred. If it's a, dig- if it's a movie with a lot of, a lot of digital effects, three hundred or more people to deliver a picture sometimes. It's an army. And, um, and, and usually the army all moves in the same direction, and people are incredibly committed and professional and do, and do their thing, and, everybody, you know, and we get it over the finish line. But it, and it amazes me, too. Go to a movie sometime and watch what happens when the end credits start. Civilians make a run for the, a run for the aisles.
0: Right. The movie makers stay.
1: We, we stay. We want to see who we know, who we don't know, who's cool, who did what, what companies were involved. It, the most educational part of a movie, other than the entertainment value, is what the team that did it looks like. So stay for the end credits.
0: Well, you know, I, I do notice that in New York or in Los Angeles or even Chicago that more people tend to stay for the credits than... Uh Elsewhere, I mean, I'm in Milwaukee, and, and people, people flood out of the theater. But uh, when I lived in Los Angeles, I noticed that more. And maybe it was because more people, you know, they know their friends. I mean, they're obviously, it's the, it's the industry town. So, uh, But you're right. Uh, people well, should. And, say, huh?
1: Yeah. And especially if you are making film someplace other than New York or Los Angeles, and you want to know how they did that or who did what, Everybody's accessible through IMDb or the Internet. So you watch the end credits. Oh, those guys did the visual effects. You jump online, find those guys. Maybe they'll do visual effects for you. People, are, people, wherever they work, are in this business because they love what they do and they're making a living. And if they get a chance to do what they love for filmmakers making movies anywhere in the world, they're mostly happy to do it. Oh, thanks for finding me. Sure, what do you need? You know.
0: No, that's an excellent excellent tip, a a great suggestion. Um, And and it is, I mean, the world is uh, such a different place now with the Internet, IMDb, in baseline, different kinds of, you know, access, uh, uh, making access available for people to reach out and and hire or network or communicate with each other. Uh, That's fantastic. Uh, Jake Stetler says that he's reading a book uh, by Tom Malloy, Called bankroll, and uh, I believe you said you were producer on Alphabet Killer, and Tom acted. I was. Uh,
1: I was the post-production supervisor on uh, Alphabet Killer. I was brought in uh, partway through the production process uh, by New Films International. It was a picture they were acquiring, and a lot of times I'll come in after a movie has started uh, to kind of pick up the reins and guide it all the way through the back end through the through the end of production and through delivery. Tom's an interesting guy. He's, a, he's an actor who writes uh, and a producer, or maybe he's a producer who's uh, an actor who... Anyway, the thing is, Tom Malloy writes scripts that Tom Malloy shows up in. So it's fun, because he always writes himself an interesting role. He played uh, a detective in uh, Alphabet Killer. I think, he, I think he scripted himself A Kiss... Well, uh, with one of the leading ladies,
0: yeah, that, that, I would do that too. I think I think that would be perfect. Well, I mean, and my, and yeah, my
1: advice think. and my advice for everybody reading Tom Malloy's book
0: uh-huh. is reach out
1: to Tom Malloy and see if you can get him to finance your next movie.
0: Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that is great advice. Hey, um, I wanted to ask you because I, 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 I have wanted to get a post-production supervisor on my show for a long time to describe what that person does and, and some of the intricacies and and um, and so could you take a moment and, and just do that? Share share the responsibilities and what what happens, how you how you're typically brought into a project and 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 what you oversee and how you do that. I mean, I know it's a mouthful, but.
1: Its this could, this could take a minute. Uh, post-production is everything after the cameras wrap uh, on a show. And if you're smart, post-production begins before the cameras ever roll. Post-production begins with what I call the critical path. Uh, the critical path is what are we shooting on? What are you know post-production supervisor reads the script. What are we shooting on? 35, Red, Super 16, Mini DV, uh, HD something, Genesis, Viper. Okay, given that that's what we're shooting on, where are we shooting? Are we shooting in front of ponds, rivers, beaches, uh, steel mills, freeways? Because now I've got sound issues before I even start shooting. And And then it's about interfacing with the camera people and the sound people, and the editorial department. And sometimes I will have a lot to do with structuring the editorial department. Are we cutting on Avid, are we cutting on Final Cut, are we cutting on Premiere? Are we somehow uh, doing a throwback and actually cutting on film, which hasn't happened in a while. Um, Given what we're cutting on, uh, who's the editor, who's the assistant editor? Have we got a clear path between what media is being exposed on the set and how that media is being transferred into the editing room. Today, post-production supervision is one part computer science uh, and, and a lot more computer science than uh, I'm comfortable with. Uh, I'm still learning every day. Every time there's a new technology, we have to put ourselves out there and get familiar. Uh, on Big Valley, we're talking about shooting 35 two-perfs. Uh, which requires a slightly different critical path uh, in finishing. So post-production supervision is tracking every single element, picture and sound, from the be- from the moment it's captured on set all the way through to delivery, which means I interface with the laboratory or the digital information technologist. They're calling them DITs, and I think those guys would pay money for someone to come up with another name for that job. Um, and uh, Brooks Institute out in uh, Ventura County, I'm actually on their uh, advisory board for a new program that marries computer sciences and post-production technologies. More and more, it's about manipulating files. Are we on quick times? Are we moving WAV files? Are we moving AIFF files into and out of systems? Uh, and that's how media moves for the most part. It's all computerized. So... Uh, It's all of, it's all of those functions and all of those people. Once you get into post, it's managing the visual effects team or interfacing with the visual effects supervisor if the show's got one. Uh, babysitting, uh, color correction, making sure the elements get there. Babysitting sound so that it gets to the sound, uh, the sound supervisor and sound editorial. Scheduling the actors, uh, for ADR working to get the composer or with the composer, making sure that the music that's in the movie ha- is cleared and has licenses so that when I actually deliver the movie, we can exhibit it because the music uh, has been appropriately cleared for the deal. Uh, I also deal with contracts for all of those departments. And then I'm dealing with all the deliverable elements, typically, typically every day.
0: Right, right. Well, a lot of different things, um, uh, to keep track of. And um, how does someone, how does someone, let's ask this question, how does someone either, Start their career path. I mean, you you do so much, uh, and you know, I mean, I guess typically everybody can come on as a PA and 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 work their yeah. way up. But 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 t- w- what best advice do you have if somebody wants to go into producing? Or uh, and, and there are because there are typic- there are so many different kinds of producing: the creative producer, the line producer, the post-production supervising producer, um, the executive producer. Any any thoughts you want to share at this moment about um, how someone can pursue this?
1: If you love the business and you want to be a filmmaker, get in the door any way you can. If the door opens, hurl yourself through it. If the door isn't open, you know, pound up against it. Um, it the other way, of course, is to ignore all of that and just go make your own film. Because the, it, it, it's ironic. There are two. There are two paths, and they both wind up in the same place. Uh, the traditional path is to get in uh, go to some people go to film school i went to film i went to film school for example some people go and um, you have you have your speciality what you love what you want to do i want to shoot i want to edit i want to write i want to direct and you lean into the you lean into those job uh, titles and those job opportunities uh as hard as you can then there 's independent films and union films a union has its own Rules and regulations about how you become a grip and a gaffer, and, and move up the line that way. Same with camera, the camera department. But get in any way you can. Make friends. Be personable. Be likable. Be somebody that when you are that when you get the opportunity to interface on a set, or in a production office or in post-production, that people love having you around and want to have you back, because those are the people who, unless you're brilliant, in which case you can be horrible. Uh, but you know, Good be trip. be film the, the filmmaking is a is a family atmosphere. So be a be a great team player. Be a part of the family as much as you can. And when that happens, people want you back and they want you around. And that's a way that you advance. They take you with them on their next show. Uh Or if you're working in post production for a company that does a lot of movies, you get to stay. Uh, if you want to edit, cut your brains out. Uh, shoot stuff and get stuff shot. Volunteer to shoot. Hook up with student films uh, where you can. Make friends. And then be re- and then try to really be good at what you do. Be good at your craft. Um, the other way to do this is to ignore everything I just said and go out and, you know, raise your own money. Go out and make a movie and be brilliant. Um, anybody with a paper bag full of money, can be a producer. Anybody with a paper bag full of money could be a director. Um, if you've got a way to finance something independently, uh, go make it. Then the question is, what are you going to make? How do you make something smart for a dollar uh, so that you can actually bring it to the world? Because what the world really cares about is product. It's what, se- it's what separates... Uh, people who aspire, and people who deliver product. So what have you made? What can you bring to the marketplace to sell? Is your product saleable? Can you deliver it in high def and uh, NTSC and PAL? Have you cleared all your rights? Is it, you know, is it saleable? And if you make product that's saleable, the world will find you. Uh, every few years there are examples. Blair Witch is product made from the outside, that that cut its own path to distribution. People looked at it; they were blown away. It became what it became. Uh, paranormal activity, same story. Uh, now, when they talk about it being done for twelve, you know, twelve fifteen thousand dollars, yeah, initially, and then somebody puts a lot of money into it when they see the vision. What people in distribution want, what people in exhibition want, is product that will sell. So, if you've got a vision. Any way you can get your vision completed, if the vision connects with hundreds of thousands or millions of people all over the world, you are instantly successful. And it's very cool when it happens. And those movies become the benchmarks for the next generation uh, of filmmakers who go, well, they did it, we can do it. And it's true.
0: That's awesome. That is awesome, man. It, you know, it, uh, you have touched on so many fabulous and, and crucial points here from you know you know being resourceful, being valuable, being friendly, which is I think a, a huge component to i'm
1: you know, a big fan of friendly
0: yeah getting work and, and keeping work is is you know what you said about you know filmmaking is a' is a family uh, affair and it it certainly is and then uh, the idea that you're going to be you're a merchant, you're delivering product, you're getting it to the world and and you know in, in the same way that if you were were presenting something at a flea market, I mean I, I hate to trivialize, but you're out there, you got your booth. If you've got something everybody wants, uh, then somehow you got to connect with them. you've got to let them know that so that they can find it. And once they find it, they can come. And then if you're friendly and if you're a nice person and all that good stuff, they, they'll come and they'll buy even more. So,
1: I mean, you can, be, you can be obnoxious if your movie's incredibly compelling. And if your movie's incredibly compelling and, and it finds its way to the Internet or, or other non-traditional distribution means, because that is happening more and more, people are self-distributing. If, but, I mean, it's better if you're friendly. But, you know, if your movie works... Right. If your film is compelling uh, and you can get it out there, the world will find you. So if you're thinking about making a movie, pick up your damn camera and get out there and, 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 and find a way to make it.
0: It, it is amazing. I mean, you, we're going to talk more about this in just a moment, too. But, I mean, you, you are involved with a distribution company. You're the president of your own film company. You're looking for product. You're making product. You're seeing product. You know, I mean... In, in all sorts of uh, different uh, um, stages of development you know, from you know, probably reading a script to seeing a completed thing to seeing a rough cut. You know, you're seeing all this stuff. Um, it amazes me at how many people... Uh, I've always said that the TV industry and the motion picture industry is nothing more than soap sales. Uh, in other words, what the TV exists... We put the entertainment in there to keep you in your seats so that you'll watch the commercial.
1: Well, and movies... It, um, I think movies from the exhibitor standpoint... They're there to get your butt butt into their seat. And then they want to sell you everything they can from their refreshment stand as well. Now, there are exhibitors uh, who've gone out of their way to make the viewing experience more and more incredible. Uh, The Arclight Theaters in Los Angeles. There are theaters in New York and other other big cities. Stadium seating. Great stack bars. I, if I'm going to go to the movies, I would like it to be a really cool experience. I want to sit in a comfortable seat. I want to see it on a great screen. I want to hear it in five one. Um, and if I'm hungry, I want you know, I want I want good snacks or garbage depending on what I'm eating. You know, but you know, so the from the exhibitor's standpoint, the exhibitor wants someone someone to come to the movies. Uh, they'll make money at the box office. They'll make money at the, at, at the refreshment stand, and you get a chance to promote the other five movies that are playing, uh, you know, uh, with the tra- you know in trailers.
0: Right, right, right. So you know,
1: that's it is it, it, exhibition. I, so I think movies movies are different than television. You can watch television alone. I'm a big fan of getting out with an audience
0: mm-hmm.
1: and seeing something live having that having that interaction when the when the when the horror jump happens it's great as a filmmaker uh or a distributor to see everybody in the theater jump
0: it's great
1: fun yeah you know, we look for it uh, but it it's it's television television is is different television's a great medium too it's a great place to tell stories movies are movies are our magic shadows in front of you know uh around the fireplace
0: it has oh,
1: been absolutely. for you know,
0: absolutely. For, it's yeah. a hundred. It's, it's hundred years old. Oh yeah, uh, you yeah, no, it, it's an exciting medium. And when, when I say that it's, you know, it's uh, so, about soap sales. I, I'm talking about the business side of it. In that, w- what we mentioned a moment ago about getting the butt in the chair or getting the person to buy the product or getting, you know, and what amazes me, and, and this was the follow up to to the point that you were making, I believe, and that was, is how many filmmakers make movies that really aren't compelling and aren't entertaining and aren't interesting, and after you sit there for five or 10 minutes or you read their scripts, you you, you fidget, and and I guess what I'm trying to to get to or ask is, is are there there some like universal generalities where we can say, look, here's here's a a better way to make your film entertaining. I mean, here's what you gotta know, or here's what you gotta learn, or here's the structure of excitement. you know here's how you captivate an audience because you know a lot of times people you know they put something up and it's just okay and they Well it.
1: let's I mean, let's start with the filmmaker's enthusiasm. Okay. If you don't love it to death and you can't stop messing with it don't make it. If it's not if it's not a passion project of some sort or you're not sure it will make money don't make it. Do yourself a favor, do your investor a favor, or your your maiden aunt who's lending you the money and doesn't know what she's getting into. Do do yourself and everybody else a favor, don't make it. Make stuff you care about. Um, It's ironic, last night I couldn't sleep. Uh, I woke up in the middle of the night and uh, Schindler's List was on. Mm -hmm. Uh, An amazing, powerful, poignant, uh, world-changing film. And I'm lying there at 3.30 in the morning and I'm thinking to myself, I haven't worked on a lot of stuff. Maybe it's time to continue to remember to set sights as high as possible because film has, film has this power, uh, to change us and move us and inspire us. Um, and I was a little bit rueful because it's like, oh, okay, uh, the Big Valley is a wonderful picture. It's great fun. Uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't go to the same place in the heart of Schindler's list. So if you're making something, make something you care about, and hopefully that touch, that, that is going to touch other people too.
0: Absolutely. Uh, that, again, that, that is very great. Uh, Mastra, I, I'm going to have to take a little bit of a break here, and then we're going to come back, but thank you so much. Then I want to ask you also, um, uh, just shift gears a little bit. Uh, I do want to return to these topics, but shift gears a little bit and ask you about your companies and and, and what you're doing with those. So, uh, But just bear with me for a moment while I... I, I do a station ID and tell people about upcoming guests and stuff. You're listening to RexSikes.com. It's R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S.com. It's the official Rex Sykes Movie Beat website where all of these interviews are stored in the Interviews blog right there. You can go into the Interviews blog, scroll through the archives, or search by my guest by or for my guests by name, click on their name and uh, in the, in, in the link, and uh, it will open up a biography page and you can read about them. And within the biography is a link to listen to the program and so you can listen right there live or you can listen there archived. Also available are all of these interviews. Straw's interview will be available later today both on Greg uh, Sykes' Movie Beat and as a podcast from the iTunes Store so you can always subscribe, have them on your favorite electronic device, take them with you wherever you go and listen to them. And then of course we remind you to please go ahead and share this information with other people. Friend us, make us a favorite right there where you're listening right now. Rate and review the shows uh, or leave comments where the comment sections are because that helps us extend our reach. Upcoming guests after uh, straw today will be Christopher Lockhart will be returning. He is the uh, story editor at William Morris Endeavor uh, who uh, shared so much about what it takes to get your story uh, looked at and bought. And uh, He's coming back, so you're going to want to listen to him. John Gaspar is the author of Digital 101 uh, low-budget filmmaking. He's a producer-director himself. Peter Marshall is the first AD and director. He'll be coming back with our director series. Jane Jenkins and Janet Hershenson are uh, casting directors extraordinaire. If you think of 100 top movies, they've probably done uh, more than half of them. Uh, Mitch Apley is a documentary filmmaker, and Douglas Dave Stewart is a, a writer-director. He's responsible for Officer and a Gentleman, Boy in a Plastic Bubble, Blue Lagoon, and many more. Then we'll have Film Courage couple with David Brandon and Karen Warden. Eduardo uh, Ballerini will be returning. He's in, uh, uh, board, uh, Empire Boardwalk. And, uh, Rick Overton is a comedian and actor. He'll be returning. And then Diane Nabatoff, uh, I'm sorry, producer, uh, is coming up. So we've got a number of guests coming up and that just takes us, oh, to maybe the first week of October. So, uh, stay tuned to com and Rick Sykes Movie uh, and uh, I'm going to return here right now to uh, to Straw. But I do uh, appreciate all of my listeners and all of the people in the chat room. You guys rock. You are, are really, really wonderful. Uh, Straw, I, I want to ask a quick question before I, I switch gears. Uh, there's one in the uh, chat room from Jake who asked this question. He said, um, what is a viable budget range for an indie film with a few name actors in the cast?
1: Um well, there's a few name actors in the cast is the wild card. Right. Actors do movies for about four or five reasons. Um, it's a part they're dying to do. And this is, this is something that uh, a casting director named Patricia Rose kind of taught me. So actors do, actors do movies for a few reasons. It's a part they're dying to do. Uh, it's a director they're dying to work with. Um, someone else in the cast, they're desperate to be involved with uh it's a role that is uh, changing for them it's a part they've never been asked to play danny trejo doing shakespeare for example would be interesting Uh or they're married to living with or sleeping with somebody who's making the movie and any of those reasons that you can get a name actor into your show are fantastic reasons um more and more, uh, what we're looking for when, I'm, when we're picking up movies for New Films International, movies with names. And the reason for that is that we service the world, and the world uh, that we service is looking for recognizable names. Uh, and so you have to find a way to get recognizable names into your movie. It literally changes the perception of what you're making. You can make the same script, with a couple three names and you're in business you can make the same script with actors who send in headshots and resumes uh who haven't you know made their made their mark yet and that movie w- w- is more likely to languish it's and it's, it's just how the star system works um, and how marketing works unless your movie's incredible and comes out of nowhere um, you know precious had an actress who nobody had ever heard of or seen before, and, and now she's uh, now she's got a TV show. It does happen. But, um, you know, and when you get into that, if the material's great, you can make a movie as a SAG ultra-low budget. Actors get 100 and something a day. You can make it as a SAG-modified low budget. Actors get 240 something a day. Then it's about how do you get to the actors, really, at the end of the day. And, you know, the agents and managers are great gatekeepers for their talent. Um, and it, there are stories are horror stories where Steve Martin is sitting in a, in a cafe and somebody comes up to him with a script and says, oh, I just love you, would you be in my movie? And then it's up to the actor to decide whether he wants to read the material or not. But it, the world belongs to the bold. Uh, You've got to reach out. You've got to try and make those connections um and if you make those connections then you have actors who ha- who are names in your movie instead of having to go the other way which is to make them into names because your material is incredible harder route
0: mm-hmm. oh no that's, that is that is uh, absolutely um, fantastic advice to to uh to get a great answer to the question and and beyond that I really appreciate that well let me ask you this uh and you know, again we'll revisit this uh there's so many many questions, but uh, you are um, the president of Marquee,
1: Marquee Productions, a Los uh, Angeles-based company for 20-something years. Uh,
0: Marquee Productions, and you are the vice president of w- worldwide production for New Films International. Well, let's start with the uh, New Films first. Uh, what does the vice president at this company do? Uh,
1: I am charged with analyzing submissions that come in, mm-hmm. scripts or packages, uh, or unfinished films. Uh, and sometimes I, I collaborate on, with acquisitions on finished movies as well. I'm always looking for some of those things uh, on a regular basis. Um, the other part of my job is making sure that the movies that have been acquired uh, get delivered uh, in every way, shape, and, and form. Um, these days, uh, a company like New Films isn't particularly um, how to put it. How to put it nicely? We're not looking for uns- unsolicited scripts, hardly at all. Development is a bitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes forever. Uh, what we're looking for are probably your listeners. We're looking for motivated filmmakers who have already got a script and started putting their package together. And by that I mean they've got a script, they've got a budget, obviously they've got a, you know, the script is attached. Uh, the work that the script is based on is probably cleared if it's from a book or from another piece of work. Uh, they may have some money attached. And we could be talking a million, two million, or three million dollars uh, of attachments. And they have some actors uh, that have some cachet attached as well. And those projects I am seeking out and having conversations about every day. We've got $2 million. We've got these three names attached. We're looking for the rest of the money to go into production. Um, and then we have to find out if that's a viable deal and if the subject matter makes sense for us uh, and if it's a good fit uh, with our distribution model, which can include domestic theatrical. I think New Films is probably one of about Ten companies that's really doing domestic theatrical. In fact, uh, shameless plug for new films. Uh, there's a motion picture called Chain Letter from director Dion Taylor, independent filmmaker out of the Sacramento area. Uh, definitely a youth horror pick. Very cool. And uh, we're opening uh, August 1st uh, on hundreds of screens all over the country. Classic independent model. Uh, he made his movie uh, his own way, uh, and he brought it to us, and uh, we made a match. And now we're going out on hundreds of screens. Whatever um, you do, don't break the chain. Very exciting. Very cool, cool. picture. Cool. Uh, you- and so that's, o- that's opening. And it's a great example of the kind of picture we pick up. Now, Nikki Reed uh, is the biggest star in that. Keith David is in it. Um, a couple of people from the, from – somebody from Saw is in the movie. Um, and it and the rest of it is uh you know not well known people, but the movie's compelling it 's a great roller coaster ride and uh it 's a lot of fun and we 're premiering it uh next Thursday at the Arclight light in los angeles and then it shows up on screens all over america
0: but you had said i think i, I heard you say august it was uh
1: october october first october
0: maybe maybe I missed for okay so october first yeah it's showing up okay, all right. I just to be clear, in case I misheard you. Chain, chain letter. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, whatever you do, you know, you they get you get the chain letter on your cell phone, you better forward it. But you know, so that's an example. Um the other so I'm always looking for movies that are partially packaged. Another thing I'm always looking for and and probably this weekend I will receive several that people are sending me uh from conversations this week. Unfinished movies. Uh, they finished principal, they're in post-production, and for whatever reason, they're stuck. They've run out of money. And they can't quite finish and get over the finish line. And I'm looking for those movies because new films will bring finishing money if the package is right, if the if the film makes sense. And we'll jump in and we'll help with post-production and we'll deliver that movie. And, and the other thing I'm looking for is that finished gem uh, that you know, you may have submitted it to 15 companies, and they all rejected it because you don't have a producer's rep or a way to talk to the acquisitions department. and I'm looking for special films that may have uh, may just not have found their their niche, yet, or their distributor yet.
0: Wow. Well, let me ask you this. We've created this portal for people to be able to uh, reach out to you and, and, and you to discover them and, and decide whether or not the, the projects that they bring to you would be uh, something that your company could do something with. Um, how do they best reach you then? How how Where do they go?
1: There are two ways, and the people who help monitor this stuff for me – if your if your if your fan base and your listening audience is as big as I suspect it is, uh-huh. then the people who are working with me are going. Oh, don't give them the email address. <laughs> um, so, so <laughs> but but Bradley this served. is but this is this is how we find this is this is how I find all the things I'm looking for. People reach out. Uh, other, otherwise, you meet them at film festivals. Uh, so it's Straw S T R A W at New Films plural. Int for international.com, straw at newfilmsint.com. And the other way to reach me is through Marquee Productions, and that's Marquee Pro at AOL. M-A-R-Q-U-E-E-P-R-O at AOL. Staff, I apologize in advance, but you know what's cool? I, I am likely to find some great stuff from your listeners out of this so, this is an opportunity for me to connect with people I ought to know because they have product waiting in the wings for its opportunity.
0: Well, that is so cool I mean you know the we've chatted a couple of times and 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 the thing that that has uh, so impressed me about you is 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 you you're right out there you're right up front you you your passion and your enthusiasm for this business is. Uh, exceptional. I mean, it, it, in, oh, effect. thank you. No, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I, tr- I truly
1: love. I truly love what I do. I do it seven days a week whenever I can.
0: Well, that is awesome. So uh, let me just make sure I have it correctly. It's Straw at newfilms.int dot com
1: mm-hmm. at
0: marquee pro at aol. Yep. All right. Well, that's fantastic. Um, and, and we do have literally about ten minutes left.
1: Oh, bummer.
0: Um, but, you know, you're going to come back, right?
1: Absol- absolutely. Uh, can we talk about two of the films that I made because they're emblematic of what I believe Please, in terms of production?
0: Let's go for it. Okay. And then okay. Uh, if we run a little longer, uh, that will be fine. Um, but just so the listeners know, Straw is going to come back. Uh, we'll select a date, and we'll let you know when that is. All right, well, go ahead. What, what, the, what? So I want
1: to talk about, a little bit about Man of the Year and then Trunk. Uh, these are these are this, this is as i as I said before, there's two ways to do it. You go in through the system or you ignore the system and you make your own product. Man of the Year is a movie that was uh, made with uh, John Ritter uh, in the last year or so before he passed away. Uh, it was a movie okay audience check this out. Anybody tells you this can't be done, you now have emblematic proof that it can be done. Man of the Year was made with 26 mini-DV cameras, standard def, actually 21 21 cameras, 26 SAG actors, and shot in one 12-hour period. And uh, that movie was actually finished on 35mm and had limited theatrical and went on to home video. But when I said I'm going to make a movie in one night, people said... Not possible, can't be done, no one's ever done it, no one does it, and I reached out to my filmmaking friends and said, I'm going to shoot a movie in one night. We borrowed a very large house, we did it sag ultra low budget, um, and we recruited an army of shooters who wanted to be involved as camera people and sound people and directors, and people came out for the love of it, and we made a feature film, and we shot it in one night. So when people say I'm doing a 10-day movie, uh, you know, people say, how are you going to get it done in 10 days? My answer is they probably have eight or nine extra days, but I no, only want to be Um uh, The point being, don't let anybody tell you you can't make it. You can go out with a prosumer camera today and, and put anything you want in front of it for 90 minutes. Now that you've got the technology, it's just a question of what you're going to make what you want to say, what's important to you or what you think is funny or what you think is dramatic. But it's possible. The technology lets you. Final Cut will let you. Your Final Cut system on your laptop is all you need to edit that picture if you shoot in high def. It's possible. Uh, and, and, and more recently, and that trunk, was, uh, trunk is the last one I did, uh, that was a picture with two actors, 100, also 100% improvisation, uh, shot in four days with my producing partners John and Troy Palmer and my wife and partner Debbie Weissman, who's been putting up with me and uh, this passion for 30 plus years. Uh, and Trunk was made in four days. Uh, it's about a serial killer and his victim, and the movie is literally shot in the trunk of a car, with and, again, and with two red cameras. So we didn't we didn't skimp on technology. Two red cameras, four days. Um, not unlike Buried, which is coming out on a lot more screens than Trunk ever will. Uh, but, you know, confined space, intense interaction between a few characters. It's all about what you put in front of the screen. Technology is there for you. And if you're thinking about making an ultra-low-budget movie, don't stop thinking about it. See what you can do to make that dream a reality. Uh, and then just make it really, really good. And then try to get a name in it if you can.
0: Excellent, excellent. Um, now you wrote and directed these, correct? I mean, uh, used well,
1: they're improv, right? they're improv movies, uh, both Man of the Year and Trunk. And uh, as a as a screenwriter, what I do when I do improv is I actually write the inverse of a screenplay. Um, I write the business of the scene and what I'm looking for from the actors, but I don't write the dialogue. And I get with actors who are gifted at improv and I allow them to improv their brains out. You shoot a lot more than you're going to use, and then you spend a lot more time editing it because you're literally rewriting uh, and sculpting the movie in the editing room. But an actor gives you a three-minute run. You'll find three or four pieces you love, and that's what becomes a scene. And if, you're, you, know, if you understand cutting and, and transitions and, and drama or whatever, you can make that work. Um, it just takes editing production takes less time editing takes longer
0: Um, I have uh, a caveat question about the SAG ultra low budget somebody brought to my attention recently they said they wanted to go SAG but they're not going to go SAG now because the Contract prevents them from releasing their film theatrically. they have to go a festival route or something, or if they do they pay I'm
1: not sure that's accurate. I would I, reach out would to SAG ready. to double check that. Um, SAG does have requirements. I think if you if you go non, if you go ultra low budget you you have to try to release theatrically for a week. I would think so.: Yeah, I think so, and I, that's my belief, uh, but I haven't looked at that rule lately, and the last time I looked at it, we complied. Uh, for what we were doing.
0: Right. Right. Well, I mean, it just, it just, it sounded odd to me. I was like, I can't believe that uh, they would prevent you from releasing the movie. I know that they want first monies, but I mean, I was just like, I couldn't believe that they, they would uh, prevent it. But at any rate. Um, so, yeah, that's something uh, worth looking into and, and, and checking into. Well, this is fascinating. I mean, the, you know, you again, you exemplify. You, you, you do what you exemplify, I guess is what I want to say. You, you say, you know, uh, be bold and know and no bounds, and uh, you decide to make a movie in a night, and you do it, and you find a way to do it, and, uh, and you got it out there. So, I mean, wow.
1: <laughs> it's, 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 it's fun. Um, and uh, it's a great outlet if you're creative uh there are people who are sitting staring at their stack of screenplays uh going and this is and I'm talking to writers who should be directing uh if you're a writer uh do not wait for the world to find your screenplay find a way to produce your screenplay yourself take control of your own destiny and go out and make it happen somehow uh, not always easy. If you've written a forty million dollar sci-fi epic, it's going to be a little more challenging. But if you've got something personal and intimate and manageable, uh, or or a subject that's important to you, like a documentary, you know, get it made. Go out there. Go. Prosumer cameras are very friendly. You can you can get a camera for under a thousand dollars.
0: Well, let me ask you this, because you can get a camera. So, and and we share a friend in Clancy Troutman, and, and uh, as well as in other people. But the but the but but and part of the whole post process is sound. You got any suggestions when people are using these uh, uh, cameras in, in terms of how they should record and what they might do, or any tips that that would help them uh, so that they don't have to f- suddenly discover they've got a costly post-end sound problem.
1: Be mindful. Of the critical path, you're going to go down. If you've got actors speaking in front of water, or in front of airports, or in, or in or in or in shopping malls. Oh, by the way, always get always try to get location permits. I'm not suggesting people go out and shoot without permits. Uh, although it can be done, um, you know I, it. You, the, the better the better your finished product is, the more people are going to want to see ro- location releases. Uh, but if if you if you're mindful of the fact that when your actors are talking, you need to be able to hear them. Uh, there are wireless mics, and again, now this ups the budget a little bit. There are boom mics that patch into those cameras, uh, and then you need somebody to hold the boom and keep the boom out of the frame. You need a boom operator. But production sound is hypercritical. Uh, you know unless you're writing something that doesn't require it and you can add voices, you can add ADR uh, easily, automated uh, dialogue replacement uh, or you know it's voiceover in some way design for all of this as as you start don't go, "Oh, we'll figure it out later and and when they say, "Oh yeah, they'll fix it in post," that's the last thing I want to hear. <laughs>
0: I believe you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Because because if they already know that it's broken and they're saying they'll fix it in post, uh, great.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, wow. Well, you know what? We have uh, about three minutes left. And what I would like to do is I'd just like to you know offer you the last three, maybe four minutes um to, to say or talk about anything your heart desires. Again, Straw will come back, we'll have him on, we'll let you know when he's coming back. Uh, you, this has been a fantastic, uh, useful, valuable hour. I want to remind people again uh, to uh, go back a- and uh, listen to, if you're not in the chat room, uh, his emails so that you can uh, drive his uh, office staff nuts with your uh, solicitations, but uh, uh, but, uh Take the next four minutes, rather yours, and anything that you want to share or talk on in the next few minutes, let's do that, and then uh, and then we'll say goodbye and have you back another time.
1: Very cool. Well, I, it's it is important to me. The reason I'm on the planet is to make this kind of product and make this kind of product available. Uh, this is what I this is what I'm here for. So think of me as a conduit. If you have an unfinished movie. And you think it might be commercial. Find me. If you're trying to put together a co-production deal and you have some of the money, don't come, don't come, don't come say, well, you know, we don't have any money at all. But if you have some of the money, come find me. Uh, we're open, we are, we are open to these kinds of deals and this is what we do. And a lot of movies get made this way. Uh, and if you've got a finished movie that somehow got overlooked, uh, I want to know about it. Uh, maybe you've got something special, and you just didn't get to the right people. Uh, so that conduit part of what I do is very important. The other thing, and Rex, I'm glad you touched on it. Yeah, I do. I do walk my walk. I'm always looking uh, for the opportunity between the jobs that find me, the projects that I'm initiating, for opportunities to. Uh, Come up with another improv movie. Come up with another low-budget film. Be involved in making something that's going to change the world. Uh, What we haven't talked about uh, today, and uh, I'm hoping we get to next time, are the mind-body-spirit projects uh, that I've been involved with. Uh, Movies like What the Bleep Do We Know that I was associate producer and post-supervisor on, and uh, a new movie that I just finished called The Truth uh, that I directed, and um, that's a whole other segment uh, of, of how you can change the world. These are movies that, that people are bringing out to touch, move, and inspire us and actually make a difference on the planet. And uh, I'd love to come back and just talk about mind, body, spirit movies uh, because I've been involved with, I think, a half a dozen films like that. And and by mind, body, spirit, I mean anything and these, a lot of these movies are documentaries. We did a movie called Dreaming Heaven that we collaborated on about uh, the uh, the spirit teachings uh, down at Teotihuacan in Mexico, uh, associated with Don Miguel Ruiz and that and that work. Um, but there's there, if you if if you want to make a commercial movie, go get them. If you want to make a documentary and change the world, don't wait for anybody to stop you, uh, and don't listen to anybody except except if you've got your mother's credit card and she doesn't know. Uh, but go out and make something. These are, the, these are the gestures that define who we are and will make a difference uh, all across the globe, uh, what people make and what people present. So don't be shy. Get on with your life. Get on with your career.
0: Awesome. That is so, so cool. Um, I, you have been a, an absolutely... Outstanding guest! I've enjoyed this hour. That people in the chat room have too. Uh, I know we have. Uh, it was someone who says it doesn't get any better than what the bleep. And uh, you know, I mean, people have been thrilled, and they, uh, you know, guys we love the interview. Strauss, a great guest. Thank you, Russ. I mean, I hear so much of this in the chat room today. I'm uh, getting emails and, and and different comments. I appreciate you being here, uh, very very much, so very very much, and uh, look forward to your return. And yeah, we'll talk about. Uh, Those movies, other movies, other topics. I mean, there's just so much I want to be able to ask you, and and, uh, as long as you like sharing, I'm going to keep asking. So, this um, is my
1: idea of a good time.
0: Well, good, good, and uh, and I appreciate it, and I wish you happy travels for the coming weekend and returning to Los Angeles, and then and then what happens? You're, You're in LA for the for the week in post, and then the return to. Louisiana at some point, and,
1: and then Baton, and then uh, the Big Valley is very close to um, a, a, an incredibly high-paced uh, pre-production schedule, and then we're into production, and uh, hopefully done around Thanksgiving, Christmas time.
0: I, You know what, I'm going I'm to extend the show by a minute or two, I hope you don't mind, and that is simply this, um, because I, I thought of the question earlier, and I didn't ask. You're in Louisiana. They uh, started with uh, tax incentives back about two right after Katrina in order to salvage their state uh, and create a film business down there. It took them a good number of years in order to do that, but now they've got a viable film community and, a, and, and, a, and I believe a self-sustaining film business in that area. Wisconsin had film incentives. The governor kicked them out after a year. They were successful. They did make a profit, but for whatever his reasoning was, he took – got rid of them. We're looking to reinstate them. We've got new governors coming. The election is coming up in November. But here is one of the things that everybody has criticized and has said. They go, well, the movie business is nomadic, and there's no such thing as permanent jobs. And we tell people it's just like the construction industry. You know, you can go from job to job. You may work in the state. You may work out of the state or around the world. But there are permanent jobs. And, I mean, I can, you know, and, and but but for you, you know, can can you address that point? And then, then I'll have to say goodbye. The film business has permanent jobs?
1: Um, I've been pretty much steadily employed for more than 30 years uh, in New York, Los Angeles, and on location. Um, The film business, people are always going to make movies and television. Uh, they're going to change the places they make it. Locations will change. Louisiana is a great example of a state that is busting itself to make it work. 30-plus percent incentives, regional parish incentives, um, things that if you put money into the state, the state will give you money back. Uh, we're working with a company called Raleigh Celtic. Uh, Raleigh Studios is big in a couple of countries already, and uh, they've got a studio association with a company called Celtic down here. There's eight really big sound stages, and a back lot. Twilight is shooting in Baton Rouge. Uh, Universal's Battleship is coming in. There's half a dozen other movies in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, who'd think, partly the tax credits. If President, I'm gonna get slightly political. If President Obama and, and Governor Schwarzenegger wanna make a difference, reach out to the filmmaking community, boost those incentives. Filmmakers are small businesses. Give us, give, us a, give us all the help you can in tax incentives and credits for equipment and credits for infrastructure to build our little businesses and make our little projects and more films will get made. More people will be affected. Filmmaking is a small business, uh, more so than, you know, the majors are the majors, but it's a small business too. And if we're gonna write tax incentive deals and, and help people, um, great way for the government to do it, help the filmmaker.
0: I I heartily agree with you, and I appreciate that so much. And I appreciate you so much, and thank you for uh, being here, for sharing your ideas, your philosophies, your thoughts, and your passion for filmmaking. And, again, um, have fabulous travels and and, uh, and a safe return to Louisiana. And we'll be talking in just a couple minutes, but we'll uh, have Straw back again, and uh, people are very pleased with that. So thank you so much, Straw.
1: You're welcome. I just want to say one last thing. Debbie, I love you. My wife and partner, and okay. both of my Blackberries are lighting up already. This project. Here we go.
0: All right, man. You have a great one. Thank you. Thank so you.
1: Much.
0: All right. Well, that was Mr. Straw Weissman. Absolutely fascinating guest. And again, I mean, he's provided an avenue for you to reach out and uh, find him and uh, take your projects to him. Certainly, there's criteria that are, is always applicable. I mean, but. Uh, you know listen to the show share the show again go ahead share this with your other filmmaker friends who, who may be in a position to also uh, seek out straw and 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 uh, his company and, uh, and and make a difference for their film movie uh, I appreciate you being here today and uh, for tuning in for sharing the show remember you can become a member of the Rex Sykes movie beat Facebook uh, friends uh site by clicking on uh by searching it at Facebook and my site is rexikes uh at Facebook. And uh keep listening and stay tuned because we've got lots of fascinating guests coming up in the near future. The next guest up will be Christopher Lockhart. So many people have responded so positively to Chris, sharing uh incredible information about uh, uh agency, life, and story editing, and what's required in order to have a successful screenwriting career or acting career, for that matter. So please stay tuned and share these interviews with all your friends and your contacts. Everybody have a fabulous day. Make your movies. Complete your projects. And until we meet the next time, that is a wrap.